Welcome to the podcast where relationships, confidence, and determination all converge into an amazing heartfelt experience. This is Speaking from the Heart. Welcome back to part two of episode 26 of Speaking from the Heart. And we left part one with such a cliffhanger with Matthew Rhoda, our guest, that I was even dropping my mouth open and had to hit the pause button on the recording so that we could talk about the fact that this was such an incredible interview that we had so far. And I never knew that when he shared that last part with me, how open that he was. Now, to recap, if you weren't part of part one, Matthew Rhoda is the founder and co-owner of RhodaMarketing.com, which is a digital marketing agency that serves clients nationwide. He's also the co-owner of Singer57.com, that's S-I-G-N-E-R 57, and that's a pro-America, pro-freedom, apparel, and lifestyle brand. He's also the founder of the BattlefieldAlliance.com and has a published book called How to Take Down Goliath and Unleash Your Inner Hero. His loving and beautiful wife, Helen, along with his four children, Carolyn, Amelia, Lily, and Miles, are all individuals that we talk about in this pivotal second part. I will say this. When I entered into this interview, even in part one, I would have never imagined in a million years that I would connect with somebody that has been through so many different things and has still gotten to the other side, given all those choices that he made. And what we talk about with this is digging into who actually saved him, who actually provided the opportunity then to move on to give himself a speaker role, and even how he got to get his book published, which are all aspects in which we were able to discuss. I had never felt the feeling that I did once I got toward the end of this interview and I do something that I never thought I would ever do in any podcast episode, which you're going to hear in this interview. With that, let's go on to part two of my interview with Matthew Rhoda. So wait a moment, Matt. You just said to me that in the last question about using drugs, and especially before you turned 30. So now it's starting to all come together to me as I'm listening to you because now you're doing all these things. You have this awesome family that right off the start, you said that it was part of it. What the heck led you to drugs and things like that in the first place? Yeah. If you would ask me that question six months or a year ago, I wouldn't have had a good, clear answer on it, but I've done a lot of inner work and had some deep conversations with some people I really trust and helped me figure that out. I grew up pretty much an athlete. Like I was the team captain with baseball and basketball travel teams. And I was really good in fifth grade to eighth grade. And I went to high school and I went from being a big fish in a small pond or like my grade school so all of a sudden I was one of the best, but there was other one of the best from the different schools coming in and we were all the best now creating this team. Now, looking back, I realized I had like a life decision, a fork in the road at that point in my life, which was now I'm going to have to work to be the best because it was just natural for me to be the best, you know, through grade school. Now it was all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, I'm surrounded by people who have as much skill as me and they're working hard. So if I want to keep up with them, I got to work hard. I could work hard and maintain that sports mentality and persona that I had created growing up and made my parents so proud. Or I could choose not to do that because it was too hard. Unfortunately, I chose not to do that because it seemed too hard and too daunting. And I just didn't want to pour myself into that. So end of freshman year, sophomore, beginning of sophomore year, I started smoking weed with some buddies. 
I still played basketball through high school, but I went from starter team captain to starter sophomore year to didn't play junior year, rode the bench senior year, had a sophomore come in and take my spot. Like just at the time, devastating stuff, but it was all a product of my own bad decisions. So high school, let's just say I did more drugs than I didn't do when it comes to the different drugs that I was doing. I was involved in a lot of different stuff. I got arrested when I was 17 for a stupid decision that I made about taking someone's credit card and going to an ATM machine and pulling money out. Wow. By the grace of God, I did that when I was 17 years old and 358 days. So I was seven days away from turning 18. And my attorney said if I would have done that when I was 18, I would have been charged with a felony as an adult. And I probably would have spent a couple years in jail or at least like a few minimum years with probation. So it was like seven days made the difference between the direction that my life could have taken. And when I was doing it, obviously, I didn't think that through like, oh, now's a good time. It was just dumb luck that I made the bad decision when I did. Then in college, same stuff, all the drugs, added a couple more drugs into the mix. I was selling drugs in college, got arrested for selling drugs in college, got kicked out of college, got let back into college, graduated in four years still, which is a miracle because you got kicked out, but I got back in before any time went by because it luckily was summertime. So again, by God's grace, I made terrible decisions, but I didn't get punished that hard cosmically. And then went from college, went out to San Diego. Stopped doing most of the drugs because I didn't have access to them, but I was still smoking weed all day, every day. That was my story until I went on a blind date with my now wife, like three or four dates into it. I mentioned to her that I was still smoking weed pretty much every day. And she was a teacher at the time. And she was like, well, you have a decision to make. Like you're either going to continue to date me or you're going to continue to smoke weed, but you don't get both. I've for years and years and years and years prior to that. I tried to stop smoking weed. It was successful for three days a month. And then I'd go back and I just couldn't break the habit because I didn't have a big enough reason to break it. And then she came in as my guardian angel, as my angel from heaven. And like, basically was like, Hey Matt, this has potential. And we knew that pretty early on, but you got to make a big decision. And it was the easiest decision I've ever made. I drove home, gave the little bit of weed that I had left to my cousin and just made the decision right then and there that this is the life I want now moving forward. And it's been smooth sailing since then, man. My mouth is dropped open for <laughs> just the last two minutes of what you have shared as what a incredible venture. It has been. I mean, I've had my run-ins with the law and I haven't really talked about that in any episode yet. And I was thinking about doing a monologue at some point relating sure, to man. that and how that has really helped to change my perspective. And that was because of kids picking on me because I was obese growing up yeah. and just not seeing the value in myself. But now I understand a lot more about your family and why you value that. So my question yeah. to you is, your wife was really your savior when it came yes. to all of this. What would you say to someone that is maybe going through not just recovery, maybe somebody that's listening knows somebody else that's still struggling with that. They have somebody in their family. We have a crisis in our world right now when it comes to mentorship. And I'm not just talking about having people that surround you and give you good advice. I'm talking about parents, having a father, having a mother, having anybody, a guardian, if you will, that will help to groom our youth. Obviously, you have kids that you're raising, too, that relate to that. And they're obviously, as you shared, one in three. What would you say to someone that is making these poor choices? and 
you want them to get back on the path of redemption because this yeah. is a this is a redemption story for me now and my mouth continues to be wide open with what maybe this response will be from you but i'm curious what would you share to somebody with that yeah so for me my wife yes she did come from wherever she came from the town over but like cosmically she came into my life at just the right moment and was exactly what i needed but if i would have said okay i made that decision because of you and that's the only reason I did it. My gut says I would have stuck with it, but I know me well enough to know that now all of a sudden I had a void in my life. It went from literally smoking from the time I woke up multiple times throughout the day to the time I went to bed to, oh crap, I got to change my routine. I got to find something else that gets me excited on a daily basis or gives me a reason to push through the day because now all of a sudden I don't have the crutch to go and just be like, I'm bored, I'm going to smoke weed. I'm bored, I'm going to smoke weed and watch a movie. I'm bored, I'm going to smoke weed and pretend like I'm doing work. Like I didn't have that thing to fall back on anymore. That is the same time when I pretty much dedicated myself to fitness. So if you would have met me, I don't know, seven years ago, eight years ago, when I was still smoking and just kind of like I worked out a little bit here and there, I was a completely different looking dude. Like I was like a string bean. My wife always says, she's like, when I met you, like your arms weren't big. And I'm like, thanks, I guess. But like, <laughs> Now, thanks to her, I lift all the time. But for someone who's struggling, similar to like, how do you make decisions? Like know who you want to be. So same thing with food. We had a conversation earlier about the food stuff. Have an understanding of what it is you're putting in your body and is it helping you operate at peak potential? If no, then you probably want to cut it out. Why do you want to cut it out? Because you've done the work to paint a picture of who you want to become. And every choice you make has to support becoming who you want to become. It really, man, like it's all so connected. It blows my mind that so many people struggle with it, but I get why they do because society is a tough place to function because every commercial is fast food and you go down the street and it's fast food and you turn on the TV and it's drama TV with junk trash TV. And most of the movies are bad content. So I understand why people get beat down, confused, feel kind of like hopeless and all that stuff. But you have to be extremely mindful of the content that you consume. And that's food. That's television, it's movies, it's music or podcasts. Like you have a choice on a daily basis, many, many, many times to do what's right, which would serve your bigger purpose and help you become the person you want to become. Or you have a chance at the exact same moment to choose something that you know intuitively you shouldn't be choosing and it's not going to get you closer to who you want to become. And then it's really up to you as a human being to say, okay, I've got option A, option B. I know who I want to be and where I want to go. If I make this one, it gets me closer. If I make this one, it takes me further away which option do I choose? And it has to be that clear to you that every single decision you make either takes you forward or backwards. And when you have that clarity, like it's why it becomes easy, like air quote the word easy, because it's not easy. Every single day, I, like I talked about being on my couch today, multiple times per day, I want to make the lazy choice, but that choice would not get me closer to who I want to be or who I need to stay to be and continue to be. So choice, I got up grabbed my water bottle, went out, was like, I'm going to get my 45 minutes in. And then I know I'm going to go eat my dinner and feel much, much better because I stayed consistent. I stayed disciplined. I stayed true to the format of my day, the routine of my day. That got me closer to who I want to be. So tomorrow now I wake up even more empowered because today was a successful day for me. One thing I say on social media, a lot of times to people who talk about moving forward, building their dreams, it's brick by brick. It's literally to me, it's every single option you have to lay another brick to your foundation. You have to make that good choice. Take that brick next to the brick that you just laid earlier today. And by the end of the day, you got two rows and you're like, okay, I'm starting to build the house that I want to live in wall by wall, 
brick by brick, you continue to build what you want to become. Matt, and I said this all along so far is that I'm impressed by what you've built because you have so many different avenues that you touch people in. And you making the analogy earlier when we were talking about fitness with fuel, this is essentially the fuel that helps us to get started on our day. It helps us to keep us going throughout the day. And yeah, we do need to make sure that we're fueled up before we go to bed because our body is still working to keep us alive even as we're asleep. And that's important too. But all those things, the physical, the social, the mental, the economical, all those things tie in together. I want to pivot now because I know that you are also a speaker. And I want to talk about that for a little bit because for me, I'm also trying to get more into speaking and Also, I've been doing that. My audience knows about Toastmasters that I've been doing for over a decade. Toastmasters has really changed my life to get me to where I'm at. For those that are interested in checking out Toastmasters, I know I sound like a broken record because I bring it up every time. I'm going to throw a link in the episode notes relating to Toastmasters in case you ever want to check out a local club to get yourself started with building that self-confidence. But Matt, I'm curious... When you are asked to be a speaker or you are going to speak, what are some of the things that run through your mind, especially when you are thinking about the topic that you are asked to talk about? And you can share with us maybe what some of those topics are, because some people might be interested in actually booking you too, which we'll get into a little bit later on how they can contact you. But if you're curious, what makes you motivated to be a speaker too? Full transparency, I've spoken on one official stage and then I've had a couple of what I would call more like presentations in rooms of small groups of people about marketing and stuff like that. The reason I call myself a speaker and I appreciate you bringing this up and kind of having this conversation, again, fully transparent. I have the imposter syndrome, which everybody has to some degree. Oh, we've talked about that quite a lot with all the guests. And I'm not surprised to hear from yet another one. (laughs) I mean, you say like you're a speaker and I'm like, oh, I'm not really a speaker. Like, I don't want to, I'm a fraud for even talking about this, but. No, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That being said, I'm a speaker because I have a message to share. I'm willing and able to get on a stage and share that message because I want to positively impact lives. So in that context, I'm built for it. I'm ready for it. I'll continue to work at a way where I bring that more into my reality and I get more of those opportunities. So I feel confident in saying that I am. But if you looked at my resume, you'd be like, this dude been on one official stage. Like what qualifies him as a speaker? The topic that I spoke about on stage last October was the five pillars of personal excellence. And I came up with a word, apply, A-P-P-L-Y, and each one of those letters represents one of the pillars. And I basically intertwined my story from childhood through my troubled years into the life that I'm living now and how those five pillars all played a role and why those five pillars are so important. But beyond that, why living a life of personal excellence means so much to me. Why do I speak about that? Because I'm super passionate about wanting to see other people succeed, wanting to see other people wake up happy, ready to go, excited to embrace the day, eager to seek opportunity. Like it pains me on a pretty deep level, like soulful level to see people struggle. I feel people struggle. When I said earlier, I'm like a sensitive human being. I feel other sadness and sorrow. So what do I do to like combat that? Do I just go uh, like, uh, and I drag myself through the day with that heavy energy? Or I use that as fuel to say, okay, it is what it is. Like the world is a tough place to navigate. The society is somewhat difficult. 
what can I do to change that? And for me, that's again, back to my purpose, leading by example and lifting others up. Those two pieces of the puzzle match perfectly when my time comes for the first stage and the stages I'll experience in the future to get up there and share that message because it's what I embody every single day. It's not a scripted, I wrote this or I had artificial intelligence, like what would be a good speech about personal development? Like, this is coming from my entire life experience. And I'm super passionate about it now because I lived the life for two and a half decades, almost three decades of not living a personal excellent life. And now I have for the last five or seven years. And I can tell you, once you get a taste of it, and once you wire yourself to expect that and to have that in your life, I can't see how you could go back. Like there's no going back because it's like, oh my God, like it, it feels so good to be alive. And I'm so grateful for everything that I'm creating and have created and will create brick by brick. Every single decision I have to make has to lead me to that house of personal excellence. And I want to share that message with as many people as possible. And I feel like one stage, it's a different experience. Like this podcast, I hope touches some lives and like people, it resonates with people and it speaks to people. But being in the same room with somebody and seeing them and feeling and seeing their energy and passion come out while they're speaking, it's a little bit, hits a little bit different. So the more I can do that, I feel like the more I'm living my purpose, which is why I've been put on this earth. I will tell you, as somebody that is a speaker and has been working on his craft for over a decade, you've done a very good job with setting it up and you have stories to back it up. So I'm going to give Appreciate you those it, kudos. And I know for me, when I work with clients, I tell them, what's your story behind it? Because if you don't have a good story or it isn't about having a good story per se, don't take that in literal sense. But if you don't mm -hmm. have a story in which is captivating to the point that you're trying to make, it also might make you a little bit of a fraud. And yeah. you definitely don't want to have that illusion, especially being a paid speaker. So congratulations, you passed my sniff test. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot to me, man. Trust me, it means a lot. It does. It does. And I think that this leads into my last question, because I want to give you a few minutes to talk about all these awesome things that you're doing, is that I know you have written a book. And the name of the book is How to Take Down Goliath and Unleash Your Inner Hero. Can you tell us a little bit about the book itself and why should I go pick it up? Because, again, yeah. it's one of those things of imposter syndrome of, well, I don't know if I'm really a good author, but I'm going to write something that might be appealing to other people. But yep. I'm kind of curious if you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I wrote that book 16, 17 years ago, 15, 13 years ago, a long time ago. Like, so, like, so wait a moment. This yep. happened after all these drug things that were going that down. It was during it. Oh, it yeah. was during it. Yeah, it was during oh, it. Oh, man, we should have asked that earlier, but yep. oh, yeah, that's okay. That's yeah, okay. <laughs> full transparency, I would wake up. When I lived in San Diego, I'd smoke weed, I'd sit on my couch, and I'd open myself up to messages being shared, and it was just content pouring through me and onto my fingers, onto paper on the computer screen. I wrote it, and I had a guy coach me through the process who had written, helped people write a lot of books, and he was like, that was the quickest I've ever seen anybody write why would I have 30,000 words or whatever it was? He's like, that was incredibly fast. So I was like, I just had it in me and I had to get it out and it just came out. Eight's my favorite number. So I kind of went into the book with that number in my head. So I talk about eight heroes. So eight different things that each one of us has inside of us. And then I talk about eight different Goliaths that are basically society driven, internal struggles, all that kind of stuff. So you've got this battle of eight heroes called David's eight demons that you're fighting on a daily basis call it Goliath. And again, it's which ones you pour your energy into. It's which ones you pay more attention to. It's which ones you feed. 
are going to eventually overtake the other one. So if you're letting the Goliaths beat you down on a daily basis, you're going to live a pretty mediocre eh, life because you're letting Goliath constantly knock you down and win. Whereas if you focus on those heroes and you live and breathe those philosophies and those ways of living, you're going to live a great life because you're focused on that. And then Goliath shrinks and eventually you knock him down with that stone in your forehead as the story shares. Where can you find it? I don't even think it's available for sale, to be honest with you. Like It was one of those things I did 15 years ago and I had a box of them that I brought back from California. And I think I gave the last one away maybe a couple months ago. And it's one of those things like we talked, we just recently started talking about the imposter syndrome. I'm like, I really want to print more and talk about it. Cause like, who wants to buy my book? Like it's not an Amazon bestseller and I don't care to do the push for Amazon. Like what's the point? So you bringing it up tonight is probably just another sign from God that like Matt, at least make it available to people because I did write it from my heart. I do believe it can help somebody with something that they're dealing with, whether it's one paragraph or a page or whatever. So I hear you, God. Well, God must be answering your question because as you were answering that, I thought, hmm, let me go see if it's actually available. And believe it or not, I found it. Okay. It's on Amazon Kindle only. You could buy it for $2.99. And I'm going to put a link into the episode notes That's in case incredible. anybody is really interested in downloading it onto their Kindle <laughs> and reading that, that book. Yeah. I can't believe I found it because you saying, oh, yeah, I don't have any copies of it anymore. Well, yeah. guess what? That's what happens the when we're in the electronic remains. world. Yeah. Yes. There you so, go. God was answering that question for That's you, beautiful. sir. <laughs> Matt, I want to give you a few minutes at this point. I want you to pitch anything that's on your mind about everything that you have said. And well, not only what you said, but what you want to share with your audience, because you've been incredible. I want to make sure that I wrap this up appropriately. So I'm not going to say anything else and just let you sell yourself a little bit for a few minutes, because I think that you're an incredible person from what I've learned so far. And I want people to know what you do what, as a recap, how they can get in contact with you and anything else that's worthy. This time is all yours. Go for it. Well, I mean, I appreciate the kind words first and foremost. The imposter syndrome is a real thing. It's not something I battle on a daily, daily basis, but I'm connected with a lot of high level achievers. And sometimes I look at them and I'm like, God, they're light years ahead of me. And then that diminishes my own self-worth and like, what am I really doing on this earth? Is it a big impact if I want it to be, et cetera? So I appreciate the kind words, man, you having me on and pulling out of me content that I don't get to normally share on podcasts. Yes. I mean, what do I do? Roto marketing is the main business that I run with my brother. It's what we've been doing for 13 years. It pays the majority of our bills. It's our revenue source. So that's a full service digital marketing agency. We help small to medium sized business owners who know they need marketing, but don't have an internal team to do it. So they outsource it to us. We have about 25 independent contractors that we work with as our team. And then we have a leadership team of three, which is my brother, myself, and his wife. We love what we do. The greatest feeling is knowing that we're helping other business owners create more success in their lives. And then that positively impacts their family. So it's just this ripple effect that we create from services that we provide. So I really enjoy doing that. And that's roadomarketing.com. The other thing I'm working on right now, which I'm really, really proud of, it's called the battlefieldalliance.com. I have two business partners in that business. That is basically a networking group. I hate using that phrase, but it's basically we coach, we lead. So it's connect, grow and lead is our tagline. We're doing our best to help business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, fathers, wives, basically anybody that wants to lead in this world, help them to level up between the three of us and our leadership team. We have a wealth of experience in different areas of our lives. So it's not just we'll help you grow your business. It's 
if you're working yourself through a divorce and you're not sure how to navigate these tough times afterwards, we're helping people level up in, you know, their business, their personal lives, their spiritual lives, whatever that looks like. We just want to positively impact lives of others. So you can get in and join the group. We have guest speaker calls. We have once a call a month where we kind of pour into you with like a life lesson or a business lesson. So it's a really cool dynamic group. We all support each other. We all want to see each other succeed. So business gets passed back and forth. Signer 57 is that lifestyle apparel brand. Signer 57, the number 57.com, pro freedom, pro America. Long story short with that is there are 56 patriots who signed the Declaration of Independence. And we are now basically, we want to create a world of signer 57. So that 57th person that says, if I was alive back then, I would have grabbed the paper, I would have grabbed the pen, and I would have been signer 57 on that constitution to let people know that this is what I stand for. This is the ideals that I have. This is the America I want to build for my future generations. I feel like those are the three big things right now. I'm slowly starting to unveil the Battlefield Brotherhood, which is just a group of men, leading men, connecting with men fathers, husbands, and just kind of getting that masculinity back into the world. And when I say masculinity, some people immediately attach the word toxic or toxic to it because that's what society has kind of thrown down our throats for half a decade or a decade at this point is men who think their men are toxic. I highly disagree with that. Men who are masculine in the essence of what a man is meant to be, which is strong, caring provider, defender, like all those good qualities. I want to get as many men together in that group and just, again, lead by example. I feel like I'm probably missing something. But yeah, then besides all that, I was going to say, tell us about your podcast too. Oh, yeah. So I have the podcast, the Battlefield Project podcast, where I invite guests to come on and basically share some kind of battle that they have experienced in their life whether it's, again, personal, professional, spiritual, whether it happened yesterday or when they were four years old, I don't care. I just want people, I want my audience on that podcast to understand that every single human being on this earth fights their own battle. And it might be a temporary, it might be a lifelong battle. We're all facing battles on a daily basis. And I always say the difference between people who are living a happy, fulfilled life and the difference between people who are living like a mediocre, down in the dumps life the people that are happy and fulfilled, they will fight their way through those battles on a daily basis, knowing that there's brightness on the other side. There's light at the end of that tunnel. You have to fight those battles. You have to beat those battles. You have to win those battles. You can get knocked down because we all do, but you got to pick yourself back up and fight that battle the next day. That's a passion project for me, basically to plant seeds of positivity. And again, just to show the world that like none of us go through life untouched. Every single person has some kind of battle that they're dealing with. And the sooner you realize you're not alone in those battles and someone else is experiencing what you're experiencing, I think that's empowering for people to understand that, okay, Matt struggles with imposter syndrome. I never would have guessed that. Like, okay, so I'm not on an island that I think like I'm a fake too sometimes. There's that connection that we all struggle. Every human being struggles. It's part of life. So I want to connect people on that level and not just have the social media rainbows, butterflies, success, great life, beautiful wife, nothing is wrong. I live a perfect life 100% of the time. Like that's not the case. So the podcast is basically showcasing that and shining a light on my guests to come in and share those kind of messages with the audience. I think that's it, dude. <laughs> I was pausing there just in case you needed to take a breath and say one yeah. more thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. I can't think of anything else right now. Matt, I normally don't do this. I usually save this for the wrap up, which my audience gets to hear, but I want to share something with you that I learned today after listening to this awesome conversation, which first off, I want to say this, 
And I really authentically mean this. I have never said this to a guest yet, okay? You, sir, are the most authentic, speaking from the heart guest I have not ever had at this point that I don't know if anybody will ever take that crown. And if they do, I will make sure I call you and say, I found somebody that can challenge you. <laughs> yeah. Because I want to become friends with them. So please do. I want to be friends with them too, because here's the thing. Sometimes in life, we are often faced with a lot of different things that we can say, yes, no, maybe, I don't know. We can ghost them. We can say, screw you, creepo. I don't want anything to do with you. Or I can say, you're an asshole and I don't appreciate anything that you have to say. I don't care that you've been through drugs. I don't care what your background is. You're just a terrible person. Here's the thing. You don't do any of it. You could easily say that to me right now. And we, you could easily say that to anybody else. You could be just like any other of these Joe Schmoes out there. And I keep telling people in my own life, you don't have to be like them. You can create your own path. Yeah. But you are the first person that has come on this show and has really articulated with me about why all of this ties together with family with your wife, Helen, which thank God, thank you, Helen, for saving this guy's life and putting him back on track because look at what you've done. I don't know if you even hear yourself because I find it so incredible that you're doing all these things to touch other people, to touch other people's lives, to help each other just get through some of the thick and thin. And you make me think of all the people, which I'm not discrediting any of my other guests, but you represent what this is all about, which is not only just about the heart, but it's also about changing what's up here in our brain that I'm pointing to. And it's also changing about those big muscles that you have that I keep on staring at for the past hour. Okay. And I keep thinking, how does he do that? And I might talk to you more about it. But Matt, I really mean this. Thank you sincerely for speaking from the heart with us today. I really appreciate this conversation. And there's so much that you have changed my life just by listening to everything that you had to say. I appreciate it, man. Those words mean a lot to me. And um, yeah, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, I appreciate you too. Thanks again for being on the show. My sincere pleasure. I want to thank Matt so much for being part of this show because he really embodied what this is all about. And what I heard during the second part of our overall interview that lasted over an hour is something that I told him afterwards when we hit the stop button that I will never forget how much he's impacted me by being so open and being so generous, not only with his time, but also his dedication to helping others, even though he doesn't have to, even though that he doesn't have to be reaching out to people, making them feel comfortable about themselves, or even helping each other realize what their true destinies are. It doesn't need to happen, but Matt genuinely cares, and that really showed in this second part of the interview. I mentioned during the interview about Toastmasters. I would encourage you to go check that out. I will leave a link into the episode notes that you can take a look at, and I'll also put a link into his book that I also mentioned as well. And I think that those are going to be awesome things that you can check out to start a journey of your own similar to Matt's. But let's be honest for a second. We know that we're never going to be a Matt because we didn't live those experiences possibly. And if you have lived those experiences like Matt has, I'm sure that he would love to hear you and hear from you 
and be able to have that conversation as to how you did it too so that he can compare notes with you and be able to take that best version of himself and yourself to that next level. But that's what it's all about. It's about making a choice of what pushes us throughout the day. Because we can easily say, I'm going to go ahead and smoke weed. And I'm going to continue to smoke weed until I not feel anything anymore. And I'm going to let this be the rest of my life. I could have also smoked all kinds of other drugs. I could have done all kinds of different things that were not needed in this world. I could have engaged in sexual activity that was promiscuous in nature. I could have done all kinds of alcohol and tried to be this goody-two-shoes that everybody else wanted to see in me. Helen, his wife, saw something completely different, and she gave him a choice. It's either me or it's the drugs. Aren't we always faced with a choice between what one thing we could have over another? we always making those choices every day. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is. It could be when you get up in the morning, what kind of outfit you're going to wear. It could be where you're going to stop to get your coffee, whether it's at a local restaurant or one of the chain restaurants. It could be who you're interacting with, who you decide to send a message to, who you actually converse with during the morning hours, what you go for lunch, what you eat, what you consume, what you actually do to help grow and fuel your brain, as we've been literally talking about for the last several episodes with this interview. And having that good content, as I mentioned in the previous part, is really an important facet of it. But now, let's take it to the level that Matt took it. When you realize that you are going down a path that isn't healthy whatsoever, and you have two choices, and you know that one could kill you and the other one isn't going to kill you, it's going to bring you back to salvation, you start to rise up. And I really understood more when my mouth dropped open during that part of the episode in which he did just share all these things and I said, wow, this really happened to you? I started to realize that the problems that we have aren't necessarily from the drugs. It was really about who we really wanted to be. Matt had really good influences in his life, which demonstrates the fact that it doesn't matter if you have good influences or not. It all depends on what your mindset is and how you continuously change that, how you create that content for yourself, whether you are marketing that brand, whether you know what you want to be and operating how you want to be operating. But as Matt said, it's all about laying bricks. I don't know what kind of bricks we typically use when it comes to digesting the news, digesting a people's opinions about each other, even about ourselves. But Matt said something to me even afterwards that made me resonate with his viewpoint that I want to share with all of you. Matt said to me that it's not about what these people are saying to you. It's about what they are influencing you to be. And I thought that was really interesting, and I had to take a step back and think about all the people that were influencing me as opposed to what the words were that were being used. And I started to realize that this conversation that we continuously have with each other and maybe with people that don't agree with us is all about what we want. 
are selfishness. Selfishness can be good and bad. Selfishness can be a motivator in itself in which we're able to create some of the best things that we would ever imagine and help us create the opportunities that we often seek. But it doesn't mean, though, that we should walk all over the relationships that we form. That's the main reason why I think it's important to have those confidants, to have those coaches, to have those mentors, to have people that speak from the heart in order to have a context in which we're able to share so much and be able to be willing to open up. And that's what I essentially said right before we stopped the episode because of having all this great content and being able to say this. Because I could, as a podcast host, say, Matt, thanks for sharing this content with me. Have a nice evening. But I didn't. As a matter of fact, the next morning after that interview, Matt messaged me and said, this was the most impactful interview that I've ever been on, and you have changed me. And as a podcast host, hearing that from one of my guests that is saying that and making me feel like I'm a million dollars, when I know that we both gave each other $10 million worth of content to help each other, not only in our lives, but in the things that we will do, my world exploded in such a positive and good way that I think we often don't realize that we can use the pillars of excellence that he talks about as being a speaker, the apply method, which you need to book him to know more about what that is. But it's all about, I think, fighting the demons that you are feeding and saying, no, you are not going to get anything else from me and it's time to move on. That is the most strongest, powerful thing you can ever do, and some people are never ready to do that. And I'm going to tell you, as of this recording, I struggled with that. I continue to struggle with that. My hand is on the door of opportunity, and I told Matt this too, that I'm about ready to walk through it, and I'm really afraid of what that will look like for me. And I really don't know where that will take me on the other side. Yes, me, as a small business owner in this world, living in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, also feels that way. And I know that for many of us, that can be quite a struggle, that we have to continuously push ourselves to realize that we're not those people. We are not going to be stricken down, pushed aside, making us think that we're all tough, but we don't need to be an asshole about it. And I love that his tasteful way of saying it made me think that, yes, we have to go back to the center because we are not the ones that should be dictating. When we start to dictate, we start to make people feel unsafe. They don't know how else to talk, and maybe they don't then say anything because they have silence. And sometimes we have people that go through life and they're thinking that maybe I should say something, but I'm going to go through it in a very mean way. And I'm going to say it so that it's really loud so everybody else can hear. That's verbal violence. And we can no longer tolerate this in this world. If you are one of those people that goes after others online and attacks others, I want you to stop before you write that next comment. And I want you to ask yourself a question. What would that other person feel when you make that comment? 
How are you reacting to this? Is this coming from a position of love, compassion, trust? Do you really feel that way? Or are you really reacting to something that really isn't true and it doesn't need to be reacted that way? I'll say this. This was one of the best interviews yet. And I know for myself, and maybe even for you, my listeners, we can all take lessons no matter where that you are when it comes to providing that opportunity for others, but also providing that opportunity for yourself to stop and think about what we're doing. Because when we actually reflect on that, we can become the best version of ourselves. And that often means working with people that we might not like. But we can have the respect knowing that we can have dignity in working, providing, and creating some of the best things that we never thought possible, all because we woke up one day because of someone or something and said that we will not be part of this anymore. Matt exemplifies the fact that for all of us, even myself, we can definitely have that conversation as long as we are willing to speak from the heart. Thanks for listening to part two of episode 26 of Speaking from the Heart, and I look forward to hearing from your heart very soon. Thanks for listening. For more information about our podcast and future shows, search for Speaking from the Heart to subscribe and be notified wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit us at www.yourspeakingvoice.biz for more information about potential services that can help you create the best version of yourself. See you next time.